Welcome, all you savory sapiosexuals. This is Tandy here at The Box. The Box is presented by Pandora's Fantasy Box, a membership club where adults can explore and connect. Our aim is to educate, inform, entertain, and entice you. When secrets is in the house, the rule is to get naked. So you best all obey. But tonight on the call, we have Mr. D. And so actually, he's the one that we need to be obeying. Last week, Mr. D talked to us about introducing your partner to BDSM. Tonight, he will talk about the BDSM hierarchy. You didn't know there was an organizational chart, did you? Well, if you noticed the um, picture that we posted uh, for this week, it was characters from Game of Thrones. If you know that series, you know those characters were sometimes at the top of the food chain and sometimes at the bottom. We also have Secrets, the fantasy doctor on the line with us here. So welcome to all those who are on the call live and to our many lurkers who listen at their own chosen times. And an especially warm welcome to you, Mr. D. Hi, thank you for the welcome and thank you for reading my uh, that little blurb so well. And I like the way that you put in the organizational chart into it, because I'm going to refer to that in a moment as well. So I want to uh, make my usual disclaimer for you. Uh, I am not a doctor, a psychiatrist, social worker, or any other kind of a trained professional. I am speaking solely based on my personal experiences and observations of life. So it may come as a surprise or a shock that there is a hierarchy in the BDSM uh, universe. Uh, you know, and it's not unusual because humankind has hierarchies everywhere. For instance, Tandy had mentioned you know, the organizational chart. Well, it's true. An organizational chart shows everyone's position in a company in relation to somebody else. And on that chart, you can see who is the dominant or in control person for any particular chain of that chart. In the vanilla world, you have a chart of hierarchy of sorts where heterosexual marriage, for example, is kind of viewed as more valuable than a homosexual one. Both, however, are viewed more viable or valuable rather than long-term unmarried partnerships. There's, there's a whole litany of how we group things and how we prioritize them. And in BDSM, there are kind of two different ways of doing the hierarchy. This is not universally accepted. It's not in a rule book anywhere. I don't think there is a, some grand organization that has kind of put this together and says, this is the way it can be. But the first one is 
the hierarchy that I kind of tend to be more uh, in tune with. And it goes like this. The top of the hierarchy is the sub's needs. Then comes the dom's needs. Then comes the dom's wants. And then the sub's wants. BDSM is all about fulfilling your needs and desires, your needs and your wants. And in every negotiation that goes into it is the fulfillment by each person in that agreement as to how they're going to get their needs satisfied while satisfying the other's wants. And that's the back and forth. That's the exchange. That's the value proposition of the entire relationship in BDSM relationships. Now, there is another chart that goes based upon the titles that we kind of affix to it. And those sets of titles generally are referred to, and I'm going to be working my way up the chart this time, is your tops and bottoms then your dom and sub, and then your master and slave. And I kind of built, did it from the, uh, the bottom up so you can kind of grasp how it, this is an evolving chart. It's an evolving way that people perceive themselves and develop and understand what it is they want and what it is they need how they can achieve getting those needs and wants satisfied. And so the top bottom is kind of a general reference. It's where we, you kind of tend to have your first glimmers of where you think you are, who you are. Your self-identity is just kind of developing. You're like a little flower blossoming. And it's fluid. It allows you to come to terms with who you are as you experience and to explore new experiences, tapping into what you think you want and what you feel you need. And so that is something that is the ideal kind of relationship for paired or partnered couples or uh, threesomes who have a relationship other than through BDSM, who have committed relationships and are are fluid sharing partners. And that's where they introduce into their vanilla lifestyle the idea that, ooh, I'd like to spank you. And the other person says, you know what? I'd love you to spank me. And so they explore it, and they find out whether or not they really did. And as they go along and start adding new adventures, new toys and devices, they move into kind of the next realm, the dom, the sub. Because no longer is your need to spank just a need to spank, but it is more of an overwhelming. You need to start feeling like you can inflict some pain. You want to make that sub know you are spanking them instead of a light little fanny uh, shaking uh, with the back of your hand or the flat of your palm, you bring out more devices, canes. You get the the whips, not the soft suede leather floggers, but like a, a horsehair brush that you can really whip with. So you're getting into more of the pain. You're, you're advancing yourselves. And that identity as to the fact that you want to be the giver of the pain 
or the receiver of the pain is taking fruition. It's starting to take root. Now you're not just a single flower on that plant, but you are multiple flowers as your whole brush is blooming out and starting to glow and grow. And that moves you on to the last section, the, the, the master slave. And I shouldn't call it the last because you can evolve beyond that uh, and, and have other identities that you can use. But in the master and slave relationship, it transcends even the normal emotional uh, partnerships where you have bonded with another person in a vanilla sense. Because in the master-slave, it tends to become more intensely private. And so you have the master who may already have a fluid partner that they are with. They might be married. They might just have a long-term commitment. But they don't share it. They're, they're being a master of someone else with that partner. It's a private life separate. Same with the slave. They're coming possibly from another relationship and that relationship is also probably vanilla and doesn't have any excitement for them. So they found each other. And I'm going to go just in one type of scene because it's one I don't think a lot of people really even know is out there, but it's one that has exceptional commitment. It has exceptional dynamics for the two individuals to do the negotiation, to set the boundaries, and to actually engage in a long-term relationship as master and slave. And that is in the relationship of financial slavery. It is an environment where the master sits down with their slave. They do a complete accounting of the slave's finances, all of their income, all of their assets, all of the things they get money from, from uh, if they do side gigs, if they do a, uh, investments, you know, they, they see everything that that slave has coming in. And then they look at what that slave's expenses are. And then once they know that they have kept enough in reserve for the slave to be able to continue their current lifestyle, the master strips away all the excess and it becomes the master's. And if the slave is paid every week or every two weeks, part of that paycheck always goes to the master. This is an, uh, an exchange because the slave is going to be doing things at the whim of their master and the master doing their due diligence is actually taking the bulk of that money that they're getting from the slave and they are investing it. The investment profits go to the master, the Basic funds, what the slave has given to the master to use, are generally meant to be protected funds so that in an emergency, the slave can access that money and not have their family life ruined because in an emergency, their partner would expect that, that fund, those funds were actually still there because they're not aware of how they're being used. And so it's a very intense agreement built among them so that everything is taken care of for 
the slave to protect their public life. And everything is also done to protect the public life of the master. So the slave never contacts the master, ever. It's always in response to being summoned by the master. And the master has to know exactly when it is appropriate to be able to contact the slave. So the master knows, hey, from 8 o'clock p.m. until 8 a.m. in the morning, slave is at home with their partner. I can't call them. I can't text them. I don't email them. They know that there are certain times of the day that maybe the slave has meetings that they're always in. And so, again, those are times they can't contact. So the slave knows that on the times that are agreed upon has open for contact, they have to be able to be in contact and respond immediately to this master's calls. So it's a very committed but structured relationship with them. And this holds true in almost any type of master-slave relationship. The, the give and take, tense conferencing about what can and can't be done and the boundaries. The communications between a master and slave are so much deeper and more encompassing than the conversations that the slave and their partner normally would have or that the master and their partner would normally have about their finances or any other subject. The two of them are a team, but the benefit is coming for the master. Everything a slave does is to the benefit of the master. Uh, incredible relationships when you can get them done right, and it takes a great deal of integrity, uh, bondage, uh, dominance, sadomasochism. They are all dependent upon a core value that dom or the top or the master is absolutely trustworthy and will keep their word. Conversely, it is also built upon the fact that the sub, the um, submissive and the slave always is honest and forthright with their master, whoever there is, is working, is their partner in this, because they have to be able to be trusted as well, because the safety of that other person's private life is at stake if the sub fails to follow what they have to do. So it creates in the BDSM environment much stronger relationships and connections based upon their positions. And it all comes back to the first chart I mentioned where you have the subs needs, the doms needs, the doms wants, and the subs wants. Those are the cornerstones upon how everything is structured because it's the sub who comes first. As contrary as you might think, it is the sub who controls the dynamics because it's the sub who is surrendering part of themselves to the dom or the top or to the master. And so they give it conditionally. And that condition is everything goes the way we plan it or I end it. The big loser probably is the person who violated it because they lose out on a sub that has probably been performing extremely well for them and been getting what they want from the relationship. And so within that hierarchy, you have a beautifully structured system that provides each person in it 
with exactly what they're looking for as they have developed. And so um, totally like it that way myself because one of the things I do when I am looking at a, a new sub and I kind of identify as a dom top, which means I am a dominant male or dominant person, if you prefer to do it as a, a gender neutral, I am a top. That means I don't bottom for anybody. I don't suck cock. And I make it clear when I am reaching out to someone that, yeah, this is who I am. This is how I identify. So if you have a need as a sub to have someone sucking your cock, I am not the dom that can meet your need because that is not something I would do. And it's not an insult to them. It's truth in advertising, basically. You're setting out exactly what you are looking for, and you, whether it's a hookup or it's a long-term. In the long-term, you have to have your agreements. You have to negotiate the deals. On a hookup, it's pretty quick and simple. Uh, you know, Craigslist, uh, if you're doing any of the, uh, the hookup websites, you put it out there real quick, and here's a typical thing. Hey, bottom looking for someone to fill my ass. Real simple statement. That's what I want. That's what I need at the moment. And who are they going to hook up? They're going to hook up with a top or a dom who is more than happy and is just looking for a place to release, and a bottom's willing ass is a perfect place to release. Both have their needs, both have their wants, and both get satisfied in that quick exchange. When you are looking for something uh, longer term, you have to do a much better job of conveying what it is you are looking for to find the right person for it. And that uh, is something that uh, will be discussed in a future date when we talk about how to write the proper post, how to convey the message of who you are and what you're looking for. Um, so those are the types of things that you um, would have in those relationships. And so for Tandy, I am going to say to you, I think this might be a good time if you have something to insert right now that you need to do. I do. Thank you. Um, I am going to uh, go off for a little break, but I have two questions for you that I hope you can um, um, answer here. Uh, you can think about them over the commercial break if you'd like. Mm -hmm. One is... Um, just as far as tops and bottoms, so no long-term structural thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> women often wonder how if two um, um, gay or bi or non-binary people meet, you know, if a man and a woman hook up, it's pretty obvious where all the parts go. Um, how um, do two males negotiate quickly and uh, sort of casually who's the top and who's the bottom. Um, the other thing I just wanted to ask about, a um, um, few years back when I was doing phone sex, I had a um, close to hysterical person who had been a financial slave for years. Something had gone wrong and they had broken uh, that relationship. And uh, this person would call on payday and ask to be told what to do with their paycheck. They were just um, um, desperate. And uh, at one point I said, 
I am not the person with integrity you should be talking to um, about this. So it was a real need for them. Um, and um, I do have a friend who is a financial dominatrix. Uh, she doesn't really care too much about the money. She's not having sex. She just likes the control. So is that sometimes what happens, uh, even if it's a financial thing? Those are my questions. So thank you. I just want to say for all of you who uh, join us from time to time, or if you're here nightly, you know that we have juicy things to say. So if you have a business, a product, or a service that would fit with what we're doing, contact us for the opportunity to advertise on one of several platforms. We had another new one um, uh, that we're on now today. Or collaborate with us as a vendor, a sponsor, or an affiliate. So reach out to us at Pandora's Fantasy Box. Dot com. That's fantasy with a Z. And remember, we cannot free the world all by ourselves. We need you to join us. So, Mr. D, thank you for letting me do that. I bet I will tell you the other folks on the line probably have a question for you, too. But answer that burning question. How did two dudes who never met each other before figure out who's the top and who's the bottom? Okay. Boy, it's a good question and it's an it's an easy one to answer. So if they are doing it through a hookup site and I, I always go back to Craigslist because it was the it was the perfect platform for hookups and for being able at say seven o'clock at night deciding, hey, I need a blow job and by eight thirty you're done with it and back home. Um, the way that it works is that it's in the postings that they put on there. And almost all guys will tell you exactly what they're looking for. Guys are not shy about it when they know what they're looking for. They'll tell you. They'll say, hey, I am a bottom. I am looking to get fucked or I am looking to suck dick. And they may also include, I'm also looking to be sucked. They tell they, they list it. We, we Guys, and I think most women don't really get this uh, yet, guys are very simple in their approach to life. What do I want? I want food. What do I want? (laughs) I want something to drink. What do I want? I want a blowjob. We're not shy. And if we have the perfect partner, the ideal partner, you can go to your partner and say, hey, I'm horny. Can you give me a blowjob? I don't feel like doing anything else. Typical response would be in in an ideal relationship. Yeah, the typical, you don't want to do anything else for me, but yeah, I'll suck your dick. Let's get you off. That way you'll go away and not bother me. Gets his blowjob. Oh, well, they haven't read my book, (laughs) Mr. D, because I have a better answer than that. But yes, you should get your cock sucked. That's part of my answer. Um, Before you go on, though, Mr. D, um, uh, you do know yourself very well, and you are talking about sort of written communication. I don't know if you're, 
shouldn't judge here, but I'm not sure you're kind of the, the club dude or the hanging out in bars picking people up. But that is how some people would do it. So you can't wear a label that says top or bottom. And I'm also yeah. thinking about people that are new to this. Okay. Maybe they've just assumed they're heterosexual and now they're thinking, wow, maybe I would like to be with another man. But what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> okay. All right. So to set your mind at ease, Tandy, I spent the early part of my life uh, in Southern California. I spent my high school years in Southern California. I used to go to the clubs and to the scenes in Westwood when that was the hot location. I would go to a lot of restaurants that had a lot of things going on where you could hook up and do stuff. So, yes, there are ways to do it for two guys. First one, men's restroom. There are guys who, if they're looking to suck a dick, will just kind of hang around the restrooms. Kind of creepy, but when you came in, they would give you like the wink or the nod, or they would start tapping their foot. The three taps of a foot from a bathroom stall is an invitation to give them your dick for sucking. So that's one way that it is conveyed. You can meet people or guys meeting guys doesn't have to be a gay bar, although that kind of made it easier when you got all the women out of the equation for guys to get uh, be open about what they were looking for. Uh, but in a mixed environment, you can meet them at uh, a t the bar counter while you're drinking. And there's the wink, the nod again, it all comes down to the wink, the nods. And if you're, oblivious to people signaling you, then you don't get anything. But if you are alert and aware of the surroundings and you're watching the people, and presumably you're there for the same reason, you're looking and sizing people up, uh, does that look like someone I can enjoy getting undressed with? Yes? Okay. You, you make it known. Um, it, it's not hard. You can be a non-smoker and still take a cigarette and suggestively put it in and stroke it while it's in your mouth. That it gives a clear indication that, hey, either I'm looking to be sucked or I am looking to suck. So guys have a way of communicating and, and letting it be known. And you have some that are more uh, aggressive, more maybe uh, – kind of to the, cre I don't want to say creative side, uh, but that's kind of how I feel about it. They're, they're more flamboyant, and they don't have a problem sashaying through the crowd, running their hands along asses, waiting to see the, the result. Does the ass clinch up while you're sashaying it? Because if it does, probably not someone you want to approach. Does the ass kind of push against the hand? Now, that's, a, that's an indication that, hey, I like you touching me, touch it again. That's a person you might want to get in conversation with. Because that's a person who is receptive to a touch of another guy. And so it's all about the signaling back and forth. And so um, at my time, I will be quite honest, I had a pretty good ratio of being able to go and have uh, encounters with both men and women. And in times, some threesomes out of the clubs and stuff. Because another way to do it was just got on the dance floor and you would just kind of insert yourself in a, in a couple that you were kind of found attractive. 
see how they felt. If they were kind of open and inviting to a guy joining them and dancing, well, they're friendly. Okay, so now the next thing is, as the music is playing, you kind of start you the the looks, the gestures, the the reaching out and touching and seeing if they do the same to you. If you are getting mutual touching from both of them and you're seeing them kind of communicating with each other eyeball to eyeball, watching their face. And if you kind of see the smile, the nod between them that they've already agreed, yes, if we can if this is one that's ready to ready to play, let's get together with them. Works. I mean it's it's all about communication by means other than just walking up to some stranger and saying, Hey, I've got a nice seven inch dick. Would you like to suck it? (laughs) (laughs) Might be a good way to get punched. (laughs) Yes. I will. uh, I will. (laughs) It would break the ice, wouldn't it? Um, There is a um, uh, podcast coming up first week in October. I think about the science of um, uh, flirtation. And one thing it mentioned is, that women are terrible at flirting. They think certain things they do are flirtatious, and the men do not pick them up as being flirtatious at all. Um, And so, um, oh, kind of a thing there. You'll have to check in that night, because I'm going to tell you the triple threat flirt face or something scientifically can be demonstrated that every man in the world recognizes this one particular combination of things as being flirtatious. They may not act on it, but they Uh. recognize it. And women are out there doing something entirely different, and then they feel Mm -hmm. rejected. (laughs) I'm going to throw it out there that I believe that that one thing that they're talking about that guys recognize it's when a girl comes up to you or a woman comes up to you puts her arms around you around your neck kisses you then reaches down and gropes you and says are you ready oh i've had luck with that when that is very <laughs> true <Mr. Dan. clears throat> uh, for those of you not quite as bold as i am my suggestion is going to be something a little bit different <laughs> than you need that. to send me send me an invite because i would want to listen to that show i think it would be interesting <laughs> okay so now I'm gonna try, um, yeah i'll go to your next yeah. question if you want Okay. So I, no, about- no, I want you to go back to whatever it was you wanted to say. And then also, if you don't mind, if you can give the other callers to ask them if they have uh, a question for you, since I took so much time. Okay, no problem. The financial slave question you addressed when you were a uh, phone sex person, and you're going to have to at some point in time tell me where, what company that was, because I need to know if I have ever talked to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Those who have spoken to Candy remember Candy, <laughs> Mr. D. <laughs> but Did that you was speak not. As yeah, candy? I had to use. No, I had to use a fake name. <laughs> okay, well that explains why I don't remember you. Okay, so the person you did talk to, they had a deep need to be told what to do because they didn't know how to do anything without guidance and instructions. I don't know the, the, the background of the person or what their life development was growing up, but somewhere along the line, they developed a need for instruction and guidance and became dependent upon it, I think. And so for that person, yes, 
that is an unmet need. They didn't, after they lost that financial master, uh, and it's sad that it went south and they had uh, issues and a problem, but that's just a person who lost in one experience, and we all lose in different uh, couplings that we have and engagements with other people, but needed really to to uh, find a new master, someone who could cradle them, comfort them, and give them the guidance they needed. And it wouldn't necessarily mean that they take money. You can be financially enslaved and not give a master money because you don't have it to give. And a master has to be understanding of that. But the master can give you guidance then, telling you how to invest what little you have until you can build a pot of gold that it becomes the master's. And so there is a very beneficial uh, routing when you have that uh, master-slave environment. Master is is you know subject to what it is the sub needs and desires, but they're also obligated to protect their slave and help them increase their their assets in that type of arrangement. So, with that, uh, yes, absolutely. If uh, I think it's it, well. I won't say yeah. names. Um, secrets. Um, I believe I know. we have secrets here, and uh, well, Bruce. Bruce is here. Bruce. Hi, I I hope that ladies get to go first. And, um, in, and are no there any ladies candy, in the but, room? Um, <laughs> secrets. It may not always be the lady that comes first, but it's almost always the female that should have the first <laughs> explosive experience before the penis person has the experience. Oh, shit. Well, I'm just hoping I get an opportunity because I'm definitely over here enjoying everything that um, you're saying and teaching on tonight, Mr. D. However, you and Tandy got so wrapped up, I thought that it's cold outside. Damn, let me and Bruce in. Oh. The door is open. And, um, step okay. into my boudoir. Okay. Now now that I'm getting ready to step in, can Tammy move a little bit? Because I can't get to you. Damn. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Oh, I am just absolutely fabulous tonight. Life is good, I com- and I'm enjoying it. I come bearing gifts. Oh, good. Would you like some apples? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chandy, you're sharing a private joke with others. <laughs> she has um, no idea but, what, she's uh, uh, what she just offered. <laughs> <laughs> But but on a serious note, because I know Tandy probably won't extend our time any more than we already have, and I know Bruce wants to go, I want to hear a little more about this financial domination situation. And you were talking about the dom getting um, getting the person and kind of going over their finance. I want to hear a little more about that because someone turned me on to something a little while ago, and I, I kind of was on the outside looking in, seeing a little bit of this, but um. I didn't get the actual process of how it actually goes and how it works. I am so curious to find out a little more about that. If I may, please. Please, Mr. Sure, D. sure. So Thank let me you. ask, 
are you looking to, to be the dominant in it, the master or the slave? Oh, the slave. Cool. All right. So have you actively looked for a master? Yes and no. I looked into it one time and I got so disgusted with meeting idiots that just wanted to try to dominate and control. And it was just really more so about sex. So I got, I got a little discouraged and didn't think I could find anyone ideal. Well, yeah, because you weren't seeing your needs satisfied in the arrangements that they were offering. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Talk to me, Mr. D. (laughs) All right. So, Tandy, move. Move, Tandy, move. (laughs) So if for what you are looking for, you need to get into kind of a cloistered world, an environment where you can find the websites. Just like, and I think it was Bruce that talked about sugar babies and sugar daddies. There are websites that focus just on that type of relationship. Now, in that world that Bruce was talking about on those websites, you actually might find a master who would take you in as a slave under a financial arrangement. That would be something you would have to explore when you find someone that you are interested in. But there are websites that are devoted to masters and slaves in the variety of arrangements that they have, uh, that they can engage in. And financial slavery is one where you will find websites. And you really have to uh, understand that it's not something you're going to meet somebody right away. You have to do a lot of shopping. You're going to come across a lot of gnomes that you just don't want to get dealing with. Uh, And they're going to be – some of them are going to be like hotcakes, and you're just going to slobber all over them trying to get them to take you in. And they may not take you because you may not have the assets that they are looking to control. So Mm -hmm. you have to match what you have to offer with what they are looking for. And um, I would not mind, you know, uh, privately discussing with you some of the things that uh, you have to offer, how to present them, and helping you in your search if that's what you're looking for. Oh, my gosh. That would really be incredible. And I had one last question. Please, please, Bruce, please let me ask him this. Oh, my gosh. that That's really incredible. And I was going to ask you, like, when you, you being a dom, when you decide to take on um, a slutty submissive, what mm-hmm. are some of the things you do when you're shopping? Is that something that you're able to share tonight? Like what your process yes. is to consider someone? Okay. Well, first I look at what is their availability because I need to know, are you free when I'm free to play? Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. it's got to be, are you nearby? Cause I, you know, I, have made the mistake on occasion of hooking up with a subs who didn't have transportation, which meant I had to commute to get them, commute to bring them back to me, use them, and then I had to take them back home. And I'm sorry, when I'm done, I want to just kick you out and yeah. you go on your merry way. Um, so you, it's a matter of going through and first making sure they are compatible time-wise. Then I want to make sure that they are compatible for my interests. So if they, and here's, I, I, I hate these posts, but 
people say, I am just ready to be dominated. Take me. Do whatever you want to me. Well, mm-hmm. I take English as a language where words have meaning. <laughs> and when you tell me I can do anything, I expect to be able to do anything I want. So early experience taught me that just accepting a face value that they meant that was the wrong process. <laughs> because as soon as they would be over, they'd be undressed. I'd pull out some toys and they'd look at them and say, what the fuck are those? And, so, <laughs> and that was the end of it because it was no longer a consensual meeting. So had, oh, wow. Uh, and so and then you had I, to take them home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, that's the price you pay for being stupid. Um, so live and learn. I, yeah, live and learn. And so now, you know, when I'm doing it, I, if someone tells me I can do whatever I want, I respond and say, it starts off like this. Just to be clear, if I want to do this, and I will list something that's far up on the range of extreme, that mm-hmm. you are okay with it, that you will not stop the activity, that it is something you want and need for me to do to you. Mm-hmm. Typically, the response I get back, say I, I put in scat play, the typical response is, oh, whoa, 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 no, I didn't mean anything like anything, anything. I, <laughs> I meant, you know, I'll suck your dick, I, you can fuck me, not Basic my ass. Yeah, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden now they are not, and I, I send another note. You know, appreciate your response. Mm. Appreciate your honesty. It saved, you know, a bad experience for both of us. Mm-hmm. My advice in the future, don't say you'll do anything when you won't. And limit what could happen to you if you were to agree to do that. With Had I been somebody else, I could have caused you to have a very horrible experience. And I would have had the written proof that you gave me consent to do anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so it could be ugly, but uh, it's really shopping carefully and setting out the parameters and knowing the boundaries. What are you okay with? What are you not? Where do you stop and draw the line? Now, once you meet someone like that and you get an ongoing relationship, that's when I start pushing the envelope, making them or getting them to agree, hey, you know, you've enjoyed and accepted me using the electric wand on your nipples. I want to go beyond that. Let me use it on your clitoris. Let me put a little metal probe in your anus so I can truck, you know, run the charge into your ass. That's pushing their limits and boundaries, but it's getting their consent before I do it. If they're enjoying it on their nipples, odds are they're going to say yes to the rest because I've already violated their ass. I've already enjoyed their pussy in other ways. So they know that if I say I'm going to just do something, that's what I'm going to do. I don't spring it on them without their consent on something new. But I build, I I develop the relationship. I get more and more of what I would like. I don't go into any new uh, sub thinking that I'm going to get everything I'm used to with other subs I have. They have to grow. They have to be nurtured. They have to, to build. And so that's how you do it. And that's the same way you would do it with your uh, financial master is you start small and then you work your way up bigger to where they have more and more control over you. Ms. Wow. 
Beef candy. Um, candy. Yes. Yes. Why are you back in the room? <laughs> <laughs> well, because <laughs> Go ahead. we are going to do a fantasy news flash that is directly related to what you were just talking about Ooh, with Mr. D. Yeah. And then, Bruce, I'd like to hear from you. We all would. You've been talking. Everyone hears how much um, Mr. D talks about while the world would be better if we just communicated our needs sexually. Um, the yes to sex. Yes to Sex app was mentioned today somewhere I was uh, reading. This is not a new app since it's been around since 2016, but it reminds us of how difficult it is for most people to just talk about their sexual wishes and desires. This is an app that is designed to slow horny people specifically teens and college students, slow them down for about 30 seconds so that they can get specific explicit consent and talk about some safer sex practices. In other words, you're not willing to say it out loud, but you can click the little button on your uh, smartphone. This is the screen that appealed to me. It says, select your sexual mood, romantic, tingly, excited, or not interested, but for asking. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, um, (laughs) Mr. D, you probably don't uh, do your negotiations with a smartphone, but um, I don't know. Um, Bruce, I promise you get some time with Mr. D. Did you have a question for him, sir? Yes, I did. And, uh, again, another great show. Uh, the question I have is, are there arrangements where a person can be a sub with one relationship uh, or a slave with one relationship but yet be a dom in another relationship? Yes, it wouldn't work in a financial arrangement because you would be across purposes unless right. you are – well, actually, I'm going to take that back. I just thought about it. Yes, you can have a master who has their slave who is passing on their asset or you know their excess to their master, and that slave could, in fact, be – a master to another slave. So it would be a financial food chain that is wow. connecting them all. That be very difficult to keep, make sure that everything is going correctly and smoothly. Working out the time frames for the master to call on his slave with that slave having to be able to call their slave while they're the master in that second relationship. That timing would be I think an incredibly difficult arrangement to to do. And at the end of the process, the slave in the middle that the slave slash uh, master has an issue financially because 
what they have taken from their slave, they have passed on probably to their master. Now, that master is committed to reimbursing his slave, not the other slave. So it would have a lot of work to put it together, and it would require, I would think, that the other slave, the, the third person down, is going to have to be in contact with the primary master so that that master can coordinate all of the finances and run the entire show, but allowing that the, his slave would be given permission to tell his instructions on his behalf down to the next slave. So it could be done. It's an interesting concept. I like it. Uh, but I think that for most everybody, it would probably be a very difficult one to pull off successfully and keep it running for a good amount of time. Right. Does that does that happen, uh, Mr. D, in more just traditional household slavery? I think it is. Uh, I think so. I think it is where they are part of a vanilla relationship that is not meeting any of their needs and wants. Uh, and that's why they're looking outwards. Uh, however, that said, in some sense or fashion, that master-slave mentality is in the vanilla relationships of couples. When you think of the older concept that a man was the master of his household, he controlled the finances and allocated to what he thought was the appropriate amount of change to the wife for buying groceries and for taking care of the household. So you did have a master controlling a slave in a household relationship. Most people would refuse to admit it. And I think it's less common now. Uh, most couples now are more kind of equal because they're, more of them have dual incomes. And right. so there's, you know, it's, it's a little more balanced. Uh, uh, I think that uh, most people have gotten the idea that, hey, it's my money. I should do what I want with it. And while they work together for the collective family good, many households have, you know, private checking accounts for husband and wife. And that's their, their money to spend as they wish. And that is kind of how the master-slave relationships go. You have that uh, slave, and he uses his discretionary money in his private account. Let me, uh, if I can ask another question. This is Bruce well, again. is it my turn to ask my question? Oh, <laughs> go right ahead. Absolutely. Ladies first. Ladies first. I love You'll always be at the back of the line, Bruce, if you always concede and kneel like hey, you're you know a knight shining armor. <laughs> Sometimes the view is pretty good back here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Bruce. So, y'all just keep bending over and get up there. <laughs> Listen, um, Bruce, can you and Tandy go around to the pharmacy for a little bit, please? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm trying to, to get her that cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but Mr. D, I wanted you to kind of elaborate a little more when you were talking about um, the men, like if two men meet, talking about the the top and the bottom of the bathroom and all this. I want a little more information about that, but I wanted to see if you could probably educate a little about if a female is interested 
it's a, it's a couple, um, a couple as in a male female, they're interested in someone um, joining the mix. How are some of the ways of finding someone that's compatible for that type of situation? Well, first you have to determine what it is you're looking for. So for me, uh, and I'll, I'll use myself. Okay. Sometimes I'm in the mood for, you know, for an ass and I'm not particular about male, female, cause they both function the same way. They're both great tight little holes to enjoy. Uh, but on occasion I have a preference for a non pussy or for okay. a penis and tab because I want to do torture to the penis on the other person. So okay. if I'm looking for just a traditional insert into a vanilla relationship where it's two guys, one pussy, that makes it a, a very comfortable arrangement. It's kind of a, you know, once they've kind of given the signal they're open to getting together, it's getting a chance to kind of convey or talk with the, the male half because they generally, they're the gate. You know, once the woman has approved, they're the gatekeeper. They're, they're, now they're looking at safety issues. So it's, hey, love to get together with you guys. I, I think you're hot. You're attractive. I love the way you move together. I see a real uh, connection between you two. And I think it would be really fun to, to join with you and experience that vibe. And so, uh, you know, your rules, you tell me how you, you know, you would allow me in and what my limits are. If all I can do is, you know, is hug, kiss, fondle her breast, kiss her nipples. That's fine. I'm hung. I'm, I'm fine with that. They'll tell you what the limits are, and generally speaking, it's going to be, hey, you know, uh, you're going to be able to have a blowjob. You're going to be able to fuck her. Uh, can't fuck her in the ass. Nobody gets to do her ass except me, and so you respect, you respect it, and you go, and that's how it evolves. You know the rules. Generally, when you get naked all together and you're uh, in the room, the rules get flexible, Mm-hmm. that's when you'll find out which of them is in the dom and which is the sub who's calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing when it turns out that it is the pussy that calls the shots because she actually, while he, she had her gatekeeper get it set up with rules. She'll kind of say, Hey, hubby, sit in that chair. You're done for a little bit. You mm. fuck the shit out of me. And you do. Mm. Then you get the surprise and she says, hey, hubby, come over here. You need to clean his dick up. Get him hard again. Mm. She's taking a dominant position. Mm. That's, that's what they like. That's what excites them and what they bring into their bedroom. Doesn't always happen that way. A lot of times it's just, you know, hey, you get to fuck her. Maybe uh, he's fucking her in the ass while you're fucking her. You're getting a blowjob. You know, traditional mix and match of the holes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll get uh, the girl who says, hey, both of you stand right next to each other. Let me suck both your dicks at the same time. I want two dicks in my mm-hmm. mouth. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of play options. And it's just you have to first get their nod of approval, then talk with the gatekeeper. Typically, you know, in a male-female couple, it's typically the, the guy that t- acts as the gatekeeper. And mm-hmm. then go with the flow. See how it actually plays out. So, And that's how it goes. And it's, it can be – you can go or I could go to uh, an establishment where maybe I see two women dancing together. 
And mm-hmm. maybe they're dancing together because they're best friends. I don't know. Maybe their husbands are out bowling somewhere and they don't want to see the old guy throwing a big black ball down the bowling alley and getting excited because he knocked over two pins. Uh, they are just out. They want to relax. They want to kick off. They want some excitement. And so approaching them, maybe one will be the gatekeeper again, who kind of runs the, their activities. And you kind of, same thing. You get interacted with them as you're dancing. Then you get taken back to their table. You get to talk, have some drinks. You get to make small talk, inviting talk. You make talk that alludes to things. You, unlike guys who get together, you can't just come out and say, hey, I'd love to suck my dick. You have to be a little bit more delicate, but you still want to make it exciting. You want to lay some... Um, hot hints and if they go for it then you got yourself two women and you're playing and you might find out hey uh one of them has strap-ons because they actually do play together then you've got that extra added feeling where now they can do something they haven't been able to do and that is one the sub in their group or both because they might alternate back and forth because they both want to they get to have a real hard dick in their pussy and a hard dildo as they're being pegged by their partner. Absolutely phenomenal arrangement. It's so awesome. And I will tell you as a male with a penis that when you have yourself inside a really hot, wet pussy and you've got a dildo pushing against that soft, thin layer of skin between the butt and the the pussy, it rocks your nuts like nothing else. So it is... (laughs) Uh, I hear you, Bruce. You're sitting over there saying, how, 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 how can I get this? <laughs> I'm sitting back here watching. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. D. Oh, my goodness. It's I all communication. It's all how you too. can present yourself. Mm. Wow. Mm. Love it. Okay, Bruce. Yeah. <sighs> I Go forgot ahead. the question I was going to ask now. <laughs> Whoa. Well then, um, let me let me throw in a visual for you, Mr. D. Okay. What is that experience like if you're fisting from both sides? Can you do a handshake in the middle? Oh yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> See, did I make you giggle too? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm. Nothing like rubbing knuckles inside a woman's body. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And especially if you have your other hand inside the ass of the other guy while you're doing it. Mm. I'm complicated. Always, it's complicated, but it's fun. It's enjoyable. Have we refreshed your memory, um, Bruce? What's your question? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess the question would be is along the lines of demographics, uh, what, what's the demographic, and I don't know if this can even be an answer or a question that can be answered, predominantly the, the, the age and race, uh, or is that not, we don't really know. In other words, who's more involved in these lifestyles? You okay? So when you say the lifestyle, are you talking about uh, BDSM in general, or are you talking about specific 
categories like let's say financial let's slavery BDS, or you talk, let's just mm-hmm. do BDSM in general. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is far more prevalent, I think, than most people realize. It is, uh, and probably in part to this guy Gray or whatever was in some movie uh, where they brought it out to the forefront as a P, I don't know if it was PG, you know, whatever that guy, um, oh, oh, Fifty Shades of Gray. Fifty Shades of Gray, yeah. It took, and it was like uh, pulling a curtain back on our society. And it showed what really does happen more often than most people realize. Um, I I don't know because I haven't really taken the time because it wasn't a curiosity question for me to look into what the demographics are. But I will tell you that as I'm on different websites, I see men uh, from all ages, from 18 on up to their 80s. Um, and actually, maybe a, a little older, there is a site that I, I visit where there are some guys who are in their 90s, and they are still sexually oh. active, and they are looking for partners. Maybe their spouse has died, and they just want someone that they can have that kind of uh, release and energy with that they miss. Uh, they don't want to spend their time just jacking themselves off, um, and mm-hmm. maybe they aren't even having actual uh, uh uh, erections for sex, although the, the medications today make it pretty possible for, I guess, just about all guys still to maintain an erection to 100. Uh, but they may not be having vaginal sex uh, because they don't feel that it's stiff enough, but they enjoy the contact. They enjoy the closeness. And so they go for that and they get a blow job and, uh, and they give a blow job. Um, so mm-hmm. it crosses all ages, and I don't think there is a single demographic that isn't representative. You will see a difference by websites as to what demographics they are seeking. So like for sugar babies, they don't look to bring in people who have not got the financial resources to be a sugar daddy. So right. they pull it. So they're skewed to people that have a certain amount of wealth that they have as discretionary uh, income. Uh, but when you go to Craigslist, that was open to everybody. It didn't matter if you had nothing. You could be a person and uh, that is uh, rents or stays in a room in a house, and all you do is get out and go to somebody else's to have the sex that you lined up on Craigslist. So. You know, it just I, I I don't know. I'm sure there is a core that has more percentage wise than some of the other demographics, depending on how you split them up by income or by age, by gender, by how they identify. Uh, you know, are they someone who identifies as a he or a she or as a they or a them? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of studies that I'm sure they're everywhere. Uh, to to give you the specifics, but it's across the spectrum, and it, it's enjoyable. the The idea that it was that it's perverted, that it's a uh, depraved kind of behavior, has pretty much gone by the wayside. I think, and I, I I do know I've seen different studies where they say the minds of those who are in BDSM are not showing 
signs of mental illness. They are not indicators of people who have major depression or anything. They are regular, happy, healthy adults who are able to identify their wants and needs and act upon them. And that it's important to remember also that there's a difference between a want and a need. A need is something that is essential to your fulfillment. A want is something you won't, are thinking would be enjoyable. It would be something you would like to add, but you can live without it. The need is something that you have to have. It's almost like food, money, and uh, housing for subs and even doms who have needs. Right. And getting that fulfilled is, is the entire reason for it existing. And BDSM has been around since time memorial. There are, you know, hieroglyphics, there are paintings that show acts between uh, people, male, 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 female, male, male, female, 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 whatever, that look as though they are BDSM activities. It's just a part of nature of man. We enjoy it. It's a release for us. It's a, a satisfying experience and it is a bonding experience. It brings you closer to those you involved with in the activity. And part of that is because you've got much better communication between the two of you because you are able to share the deepest thoughts and desires. Right. Most vanilla people do not have that ability. They cannot yeah. ask for something because they're afraid to or feel it would be embarrassing to ask or would cause their partner to think twice about whether or not they were with the right person. Mr. D, there is a recent um, study which apparently shows that um, couples that are in the BDSM um, lifestyle um, a little bit or deeply into it, not just couples, but individuals, um, they are less likely, it appears, uh, to suffer from dementia and other things. The reason being that they have to keep their minds active. This is mind fuckery as well as everything else. And creating new pathways, new neural pathways, paying attention, all that sort of thing. So, wow, we get really good at BDSM and we may live forever and be really brilliant the whole time. I you have... So. A quick, quick question, Secrets, because we're going to need to be um, wrapping up. Oh, I have to throw one thing out. Um, you what, uh, you told us about um, um, Fifty Shades of Grey. People want to get an exciting introduction to BDSM, including the mind fuckery part of it. I strongly suggest the movie Nine and a Half Weeks with Mickey Rourke Ooh. back when he was pretty. So, yeah, mm. secrets. You got a um, a last-minute question for Mr. D? I, actually, I'm going to let Mr. D go because I have ten questions, and I know we'll be on here for two more hours, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that wouldn't work. But, um, <laughs> but as always... You you leave my mind in a different state, so I'm gonna go in the kitchen and hop on the sink and sink. And um, <laughs> I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to um, 
some more of you, Mr. D. Yeah, (laughs) one one last question. Like when you talk about BDSM, you really over the last few months been explaining and breaking it down like I've never heard before. Is there ever a time and opportunity where you may have more time um, to be able to kind of teach us some things in reference to the lifestyle? Because I met a young lady a few weeks ago that's also looking for um, a dom, and she's been just really frustrated and very upset with um, – I told Tandy a little about it too. So there's so many people out there that's looking for, and um, and I know there's I, – I don't know how doms would take being taught certain things, but um, how can we get more of this? Because this is definitely a, a hot topic and a, definitely a big interest for me and a few people that I associate with. Well, a couple ways. How can we get more of you too, Mr. D? (laughs) Okay, so there's a couple ways. But the first one is I'm about to, you know, after the show, I'm going to be pulling the sheets down on the bed. So if you're well, you know, nearby, come on over. We'll spend the night talking about it. Oh, shit. I don't think I'll be much talking. Tandy's not even having that. Tandy nor Bruce is having that, Mr. D. You might as well hang that up. It'll be in the bed too. Yeah, I I trust you. You can bring all of you, and we will make a group session that will leave you educated, satisfied, and on the way to your first degree level belt in BDSM. (laughs) Um, Bruce, you up for a road trip? Hey, I'm ready. You know, he had me got. He had me going with his last call. Something about, and I'm not too much into the. The at least I'm well. Let me just say this. He had me going with the handcuffs and the chocolate. And, and, and you know, uh, there's something to be said about that, both receiving well, you know and what? giving. So. And I just, I just sent Bruce something from the podcast, a previous one. I've been telling him about the kitchen. I'm going to send him that one tonight. And then Bruce and I will talk about a road trip, Mr. D., and there's a few things I definitely want us to do to Bruce, too. Well, we can do that. And I, I will tell you what, if we can arrange it and it's uh, feasible for, you know, a, a short, not a short period of time, but a, a stay, like, say, over a weekend, I would include an evening in the dungeon. Oh. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know what all this entails, but but I'm interested <laughs> well then, you two, please. Candy, Candy. I don't Candy, know. Are you throw, still here? Throw cold water over yourself, <laughs> so that I can do an outro. <clears throat> now, okay. Well, Candy, what? What was the call about the kitchen? What was the name of that call? I'm trying to find it on the podcast so I can send this to Bruce. Cooking. What's cooking in the kitchen? I think. What's cooking in the kitchen? Gotcha. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, for those of you who are listening who were not just personally invited to join with Mr. D, I will let you know that he's leading a series of talks on Monday nights. So it's a three part series on sub. 101. If you want to be a sub, what's involved? How can you find somebody? 
And then he has, um, I think, some other interesting ideas. And then a little bit later, he's going to come back and do something similar for doms, for new doms, so that they understand what's involved. Because as he's told us so often, it doesn't just mean that you get to act nasty to somebody it's it's all about communication so again thank you mr d thank you Bruce. thank you mr Grit. um thank you all you have been listening to the box uh one of the playgrounds found in pandora's fantasy box this is where adults of all genders orientations and lifestyles can explore and connect so we are here nightly. We want you to join our conversation, suggest topics you want. Also, catch up on previous episodes that you may have missed. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify. You can find us um, also on our own box website. And especially remember to come look inside Pandora's Fantasy Box. Fantasy with a Z. Ask us why membership has its privileges. Okay? So join us, Pandora's Fantasy Box.com. Secrets, what do we say when I say dot com? Dot com, not C U M, but you will. Oh, lovely. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.